Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Hello everybody, I'm Captain Paul Miller, and I'm here on the season, our episode 5, season 2 of Tuna Town Talks, and I'm here today with Captain Joey Davis, the uh, current winner of the uh, Louisiana, or the Venice Tuna Wahoo Classic, is that what it is? Louisiana Tuna Wahoo Classic. Right, that's right, right. So, it's a pretty cool tournament. You just won um, some nice nice big old check, and uh, it sounded pretty cool, so I decided to do a, a, a prompt two podcast. I know Joey was the first podcast that I did with Tuna Town Talk, so this is a pretty cool one. But uh, go ahead and say hey to Joey, and we'll go ahead, and I just go ahead and jump into the story about... Um, yeah, the weekend. Yeah, so this is Captain Joey Davis with Relentless Sport Fishing down here in Venice. Um, you want me to just go ahead and start talking about the... Yeah, so, like, uh, just tell us, you know, like, uh, you, to f- first tell us how the uh, tournament was structured, and then, um, you know, like, so this, this tournament was, it was a month long, and it had, uh, you had to declare four days, right? Or it was... Yeah, so I, I believe it was January twenty fifth was the <clears throat> was the first day of the tournament, and it was from January twenty fifth to April third, and uh, you had to declare four days of fishing in that uh, time frame, and each each time you declared, you declared two days at a time. So it was basically you got to fish twice, two days at a time is how it worked, and. It's a pretty cool format, um, you, but it's kind of difficult because you have to, you know, figure out when your best days to declare are. So, like, you know, you want to make sure the fishing's good before you declare for sure. Right, right. <clears throat> and uh, just like a, a, a precursor for everybody, uh, last uh, November, a, a great friend of, I mean, Joey's best friend of all time and a great friend of mine and a great friend of a lot of people down here in Venice, uh, Neil Grotter, passed away. And uh, there's probably going to be a lot said about Neil in this podcast. Um, I just wanted listeners to know that. And, uh, yeah, go ahead and continue. So, um, back in November, obviously Paul mentioned, you know, Neil had passed. And it was, you know, being that we were in business together with Relentless, it was a, it was a, taking a big toll on the business end, but more so the fact, you know, like you said, he was my best friend, so... And when I say best friend, I don't know if I know two men that were closer. (laughs) Yeah, so... Pretty awesome. Anyways, you know, kind of moving forward from there, um, Robbie Carter and Bobby Carter have been putting on, um, you know, tournaments across the Gulf Coast for, I mean, as long as I can remember, you know, growing up and everything. And um, this is one of their tournaments, so... um, Neil's services were right down the road from Bobby's house and Robbie showed up and he walked in the front door and we had put out you know a um a a check that we had won previously from a tournament in Destin and there were some um some pictures of him at the Billfish Classic and things like that and I think Robbie you know when he walked in he said man, you know, like, this guy was a real big supporter of us. You know, we want to, um, 
we want to kind of do something in his honor. So Robbie reached out to me and said, hey, man, look, you know, <clears throat> the Carter family wants to to donate an entry to the Tunawahu Classic in remembrance of Neil. If you will be interested, you know, whatever. And I don't know. I mean, it, at first I kind of thinking about it, you know, it, it was a I wasn't sure, but. You know, it's it was a nice it was a nice gesture and everything, and I was and then Robbie was just very you know encouraging and you know what you the, got to lose right yeah I mean it was definitely what do you have to lose but Robbie was really encouraging with all that and he was like look whatever money you want to put up for bets you know that's on you but blah blah blah, blah. so we ended up accepting his invite and um you know we bet a little bit of money on the side and I guess you would say the rest is history. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. What, what? How much did you guys end up winning? Uh, I think it was twenty six nine or so, something around that. It was almost twenty seven thousand. Wow, wow, that's awesome. So, um, all right. So, Joey, tell us about your um, first, your first days, or what days you decided to declare, how you decided that, and then you know what happened. Yeah. So that's that's a story in and of itself. So, um, <clears throat> it's getting kind of to be crunch time. You know, April 3rd's the deadline. We get into, I guess it was probably the first or second week of March. And, um, dude, the big fish start popping off at the lump. And my boat's sitting at the shop. And I'm down, I think it was almost 10 days. And I'm just watching, like, these giant fish get killed. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not only do we have the tournament. I mean, I've got charters I'm missing, too. So, is it? It was just kind of a crappy deal. And, um, you know, I'm sitting at the house pacing around, stressing. I'm pretty bad about that. I, right. I, my girlfriend just got out of winter. <laughs> yeah. We hadn't fished all winter. And then, you know, the fish are biting and we're not able to go catch them. So I end up, I get my boat back, get back down here. We fish, I think, like one day. And then the the same issue that we had had before happened again but what happened was we hadn't fixed the boat the first time so we thought we had resolved the issue it wasn't resolved so we we go back we take the boat back to the shop and george i can't say enough about him at metro man he he shout out to george yeah at, big at shout out to george uh, at metro. i love that dude but uh george you know figured out what it was i think he had some parts overnighted had us back on the water in a couple of days and so Man, I, I can't remember the exact date. I want to say it was the 19th of March. But anyways, it was a Thursday. I That's got, the first day you were declared? Yeah, and so like we're like, you know. Holy moly. Yeah, we're like two weeks out from the <laughs> tournament being over, and I haven't got to fish one day. Right. So, and honestly, you know, looking back, it was like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, because you, know? you would have rolled your cards it, earlier. Right, we'd have rolled the dice earlier, and then, you know, we probably wouldn't have caught what we caught. So, that Thursday, I'm... I get I pick the boat up and I'm headed back down the road, and I'm just like stressed, dude. I mean we we've missed a, you know ten or plus days of fishing, you know, with the boat being down and then um, the wind's like blowing the boat all over the road, dude. It's like so windy. So I get down here and I'm like, dude, we are gonna get our butts kicked tomorrow. Like it's gonna be so rough, you know. We're looking at the forecast. It's like three to five, occasional six or something. So whatever this is gonna sound cheesy but i i get back and i'm like all stressed out so 
<clears throat> end up crashing that night and I have like these crazy dreams and it's like I'm like talking to Neil in these dreams like I'm like you know it's, it's he used to always say like get your shit together you know whatever like he was big on like you got this get it together so I'm like talking to him in the <laughs> Dude, dream right. I remember that yeah and I'm like talking to him in the dream and it's like he's like sitting across the table like you are you know <clears throat> and I'm like Neil, man, you know, I, oh, and I so I had to text Robbie on the way down and tell him I was declaring my days. So now I'm stressed because I've already missed all these days. I've declared two days out of my four, and it might be too rough to even it's fish. Rough. Yeah, I don't even know <laughs> if I'm gonna make it out when I get out of the pass. So I'm like in my dream, I'm talking to Neil, and I'm like, man, you know, dude, it's gonna be so rough tomorrow. Like, blah 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 blah, and. He's just like looking at me. He's like, get your shit together. You're embarrassing us. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And he's like, you got this, dude. He's like, go out there. You're going to catch a big one tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. So we get up in the morning and I'm like <laughs> overly confident at this point. You know, I feel like, you know, yeah. I got Neil on my side right now. I ain't got nothing to worry about. So we're running down the river and, um, I used I went backtrack when I used to fish with Will Wall. It was funny. Like some mornings he would just look at me and be like, "We're gonna catch a big one today." It seemed like every day he said that we would catch a big one. So <clears throat> I'm running down the river and I look at Travis and I said, "We're gonna catch a big one today." And he's like, "He's like, damn right, we're gonna catch a big one." I'm like, "No, I'm serious. Like I'm telling you, when we get back, we're gonna have a big one." And that is the one and only everybody, Travis Mayu. If you know Venice, you know Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, dude, we, we come out of the pass, and, like, surprisingly, it's, like, not that rough. I mean, it's, like, it's probably three or four foot, but, like, there was a lot of space between them. We were able to run pretty comfortably. But the good thing was everybody else thought it was going to be rough. So it was, like, me and Chad Reinhardt and, like, two other boats fished that day, right? So there's, like, nobody, <laughs> nobody out there. I love so, it when that happens. Yeah, it's, like, you know, the weatherman got everybody. <clears throat> so we get there. I mean, it's like, I think the first drift we might have, um, we might have blanked on the first drift and we pulled back up and it was like game on. I mean, we ended up catching, I think we went like seven for 11 or 12 or something like that. And we had, you know, three big ones. Our biggest was the 199.7 that ended up winning the tournament. <clears throat> and we, you know, I don't know how many we broke off. I mean, it was crazy. Like, you know, we... So that first day you caught the 197? The first day we declared. We we caught the 199.7, the fish that came in first. So it was like the first fish we caught that day. I mean, like second drift, you know, first or second bait out. How long was the fight? Dude, like 12 minutes. One of really? the guys is fighting it, and he's just sitting there dogging on this thing. And honestly, like, I didn't really think anything of the fish. It didn't really fight that much. And I'm in the back, and at this point, like, we've hooked a couple more. So, like, there's fish, you know, we had, like, tunas and, or, you know, yellowfins and bonitas swimming by the boat. I mean, it was a really good day. <clears throat> so, I'm in the back, just, like, I'm steady running lines, and we're catching these smaller fish. And I just kind of look up there, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, let me let me know when it comes up. So, I'm staying in the back of the boat. I think Travis is cutting chum. You know, I'm standing back there. And the guy's like... Hey, Cap, the uh, the fish is here, and I look over, and it's this freaking giant tuna just, like, laying on its side, like, please Gave gaff me. Yeah, he's, like, just laying, laying the white flag. Yeah, huh? please gaff me, you know, so. Really? So you guys didn't even know he was getting close? We No, I was standing in the back of the boat. The guy had, you know, he done whooped this fish, and he had it up next to the boat whenever I get, like, I literally was standing in the back, 
running chum lines. I look over, the tuna's there, boom, run over there and gaff it. <clears throat> so I stick a gaff in it. Travis is still standing on the other side of the boat. I'm like, Travis, dude, this thing is giant. Get a gaff, get a gaff. So he comes over, we stick another gaff in it, we pull it in the back of the boat. <clears throat> and I like, I look down at the fish and I was like, dude, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I look at Travis, I'm like, this is crazy, right? Like, and, uh. Just like that. Oh, uh, dude, like and it was like, I mean, you know, we weren't even there an hour, maybe, you know? And, um. That's so crazy. So, anyways, we oh get, we put the fish in the back of the boat, you know, we have a big moment. Everybody's hugging, high-fiving, you know, all that stuff. And, we, like I said, dude, we ended up catching, <clears throat> we had, like, a one, that 199, a 136, like, a 100-pounder. And then we caught four more, you know, smaller fish, and we broke off. I think. So four. y'all y'all had a one ninety six and a one ninety nine. No, we had a one ninety ninety nine and a one thirty six. Oh okay. So then, oh, and by the way, I had had customers that were supposed to fish these days that backed out of the trip like that week. So I had just rebooked these days. The guy that fished with us, Lee Richardson, on Friday was an acquaintance of Travis's or a friend of Travis's that he had fished with before. And we picked that trip up like two days before we fished. The following day, we picked up, it was uh, Kyle Chapman's brother-in-law. Oh, okay. Um, Ross is the guy's name. He's marrying Kyle's sister. So anyways, all that, we get the fish, we get back to the dock, weigh the fish. It was a pretty cool moment. you know. I sent the picture to Robbie when we're on the way in. And I was like, you know, dude, we got a freaking giant, whatever. Robbie's all excited. And um, it was funny. Uh, Brett, uh, another great fisherman down here, he was in first at the time. And Robbie's like, yeah, Brett's, Brett's, you know, stressing. And then, you know, we all have been playing that game for two weeks, stressing about somebody else coming in with a big fish. And Brett was there. And, you know, it was cool, man. Brett congratulated us when we got in, blah, 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 blah. So... So fast forward next day. So I have Kyle Chapman's um, brother-in-law come down and fish. And some guys I went to college with ended up being on the boat um, that I didn't even realize were going to be there. And we go out. And this this is actually kind of a cool story, too. So we get out there. And the first two baits we put in the water, we catch yellowfins. Like 30, 40-pound yellowfins. <clears throat> so then... You know, we're obviously, this is our second day to declare, so we're trying to catch a, a big fish. And it's cool we're catching yellowfins, but we need a big fish. The charter's going well, the tournament isn't. Right. You know what I mean? So, we end up catching a few, and then I had bought this fluorocarbon from Professional that said Seagar 80-pound inshore. Well, I didn't realize it said inshore on. I what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. I have no idea. So we hook a big fish, break him off. Hook another big fish, break him off. I'm like, dude, we broke four off yesterday, two off today. We've run lost six big fish. This is our two days to declare for the tournament. So I go pull this floor out. I'm like, what is this crap? I look at it. It says Seaguar 80-pound inshore. So I figure... I don't know what you catch on an 80 pound inshore, but it's obviously not big elephants. <laughs> so I didn't even, I've never even heard of that. So I, so I throw this stuff in the trash and we tie on this, like, I'm not kidding. Break off a fish, break off a fish. And we have chased the second fish like a half mile away from the lump. So we're not even like close to where we've been catching the fish. 
So the, the last fish that we hooked and broke off took us a half mile away from where we had been fishing. I cut all the inshore stuff off, tie on 80 pound diamond, which is nothing against Seaguar. Seaguar is great stuff. I just bought the wrong stuff. So I tie on this, the only other stuff I have, this 80 pound diamond. I will say I got to test for Seaguar just because they do so much. Guys, Seaguar's the shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing against Seaguar. I just, it was my fault. I bought the wrong thing. Right, right. So, so I tie on this other fluorocarbon, right? And Travis, I'm about to pull back up and reset. And Travis looks at me. He's like, man, dude, let me know if you want to put baits out. He's like, the sounder looks pretty good. Like I said, we're nowhere even near where we've been fishing. I was like, yeah, why not? Let's send them. First bait in the water, 194.4. We're a half mile away from the where we have been fishing. First bait in the water, 194.4. We So, obviously, we don't know that, but we hook it, and it's just dumping the reel. One of the meanest fish I've fought in a long time. I mean, I'm like, I look like a fool out there doing donuts, chasing it around, but the fish had come up on its side, and I saw it, and I was like, all right, it's a big one, you know? So we're chasing it around, chasing it around. We gaffed that one and put it in the boat. And I knew, I mean, the fish was an inch longer than the fish we caught the day before. It just didn't have the girth. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, you know, this this one might be bigger than the other one. I don't know. It's hard but to tell when they're that big. Right. Man. When they're that big. I mean, you're talking five pounds. That's not even. I'm talking about what they got in their stomach. Right. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> small percentage of their body weight. So anyways, we, we end up putting that fish in the boat. And Ross, that was with us, that's Kyle's um, brother-in-law, he looks at me and he's like, dude, I'm good. And I was like, y'all want to go home and weigh this thing? They're like, hell yeah, let's go home. We're going to go get a couple beers and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So we blast back, end up taking second place with that fish. So You had first and second. Yeah, first and second. So we were in first and second with those two fish that we caught the first two days. So then, you know... We're obviously, you know, this is just incredible. I mean, and it's no doubt in my mind, you know, Neil's right there with us the whole time. I mean, look, we're good, but like, I don't, I don't know if I could say we're that good. You know, <laughs> so, you know, we had a little help for sure. I mean, we're at the end of the day, we're all sitting there doing the same thing. We got two good bites, and we capitalized. I mean, how many hundred ninety pound fish have you even caught? <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've caught, caught a, a, a handful, but I wouldn't say, you know, I had I mean, caught, that doesn't happen every day. No. You know I, what I'm saying? I haven't like, caught 20. I know that. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> I don't even know if I've caught 10. Right. You know, and there was two in two days. I know. That's that's what I'm saying. And all the days that you've been fishing and you need it for these days yeah. and you make it happen. <laughs> exactly. It's incredible, dude. So, so then I go home for a day and come back down. And we were going to declare, so we declared that Friday, Saturday. We were off Sunday. We had a trip, but it ended up being rough, so we canceled. Then we were going to fish that Monday and Tuesday. Well, Tuesday, there was a big front coming through, so we didn't end up declaring for Monday and Tuesday because I didn't want to declare and only fish one day. So we go out Monday. And the second drift we make that day, we catch a 215. I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing you guys at the dock that morning. You remember? I was talking to you for a little bit that morning. Yeah. I remember just as the guys were getting on the boat, and you're like, yeah, I'm not. I was like, you're declaring today? And you're like, God, man, it's been so rough. I don't think so, man. I'm, I'm, I don't think so. And I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe well, you that's... should. You know, I was thinking in my head, like, you know. When you're rolling. When you're, when you're rolling, keep it rolling. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, that would have been cool, but. 
Yeah, Ali, so, could you imagine if you would have declared that? That's still cool to even catch it. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it was an incredible fish. It was, that was a cool Was day. that your biggest one? Yeah, that's the biggest fish. Yeah, that's the biggest fish I've caught. My next biggest was a 213 with, uh, actually, Kyle Chapman's dad was on the boat. That was on your last <laughs> podcast. We talked about yeah. that story. Yeah, yeah so, I remember that. That was pretty cool. And then, I don't know, man. So there was, I mean, where are we at? 1920. 21 22 so like the week before so april 3rd was the last day that was saturday so the second first i think the 30th and the 31st would that be right maybe the 29th and the 30th was april got 30 days yeah. i mean march no march has 31 days right. so the 30th and the 31st we declared again the 30th I mean, we caught a bunch of fish. You know, we we whacked them, but nothing big for the tournament. So one of the things that Robbie wanted to do was, uh, you know, have some of Neil's close friends be on the boat for the tournament. And, you know, being that we lost so many days, it just didn't pan out. But we had this last day to fish. And so I'm, like, blowing everybody up from the coast. I'm like, hey, y'all come down, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. We need to fish tomorrow. We have one more day. Y'all come down and fish this last day. So, um, we ended up, my girlfriend, Michelle, Chance Seymour, he used to deckhand for me. He was friends with Neil. Um, his girlfriend, or now fiance, Addison came on the boat. Um, Colin Cooper was there. Travis was on the boat and Chance and Chance and Neil were super close. So it was, a, it was a super cool day and everybody's on the boat. Second drift that day, we ended up catching a big fish, which it didn't end up winning any money, but it was a cool it was right. a cool deal, you know. We got to weigh it in the tournament. We got to take a lot of pictures. How big um, was that one? 136, I think. That's a solid one. Yeah, so, I mean, it went, that day, we were like two pounds out of getting in second or third place aggregate. So, like, that was another category we were trying to bet on. If, we, if that fish would have been two pounds bigger, we would have been in a little bit more money. But, it you know, it just didn't work out that way, which is fine, whatever. Right. But... It was a cool deal, you know, we had some friends on the boat, and, you know, it's funny, Michelle hooked the fish. <laughs> and that's I, awesome, man. So That's what it's all about, making memories with friends, right? Yeah, no doubt. That's what it's all about, man. That's really cool. That's, man, it's just crazy, like, hearing that story, how, you know, I thought it was crazy to begin with, the way, you know, with Neil and everything, but just hearing about, you know, the dreams and just how everything went, you know super cool man yeah no it was crazy i mean <laughs> I was, you know since since you know the, his accident or whatever there's been a lot of strange moments i've had you know like i'll just be like on the boat and just like think about something and it'll either make you laugh or make you sad you know you can't help those emotions even if you are a big tough guy you can't help yeah, yeah. can't help it and it was cool to kind of you know for that tournament the way it worked out you know that Robbie and them the Carter family did that for him and you know for us too and then we were able to produce and you know then obviously um Saturday was the was the um award ceremony and you know Neil had always kind of wanted his mom to like be on the boat or like you know come to venice or whatever and kind of see what we did because you know like i mean they they know like we're charter fishermen but they don't see like 
I mean, yeah. what's going on down here? I mean, it's a yeah, it's the same thing because, like, I mean, I'm probably taking my mom inshore for the first time down. I mean, she's been with me offshore down here, but I'm taking her this weekend, and it's like, you know, it's it is true. It's kind of strange. These people come from all over the world to come here, but people that live yeah. <laughs> three hours away never take the time to yeah, come here. So, so, it's, so yeah. he, his mom hadn't been down here, and. I mean, shoot, my mom's only been down here a few times, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's not a really... It's not their it's, thing. It's, it's not, not a, it's not a really, like, if unless you fish, like, it's not like a place you're just going to go hang out, you yeah, know, right? It's, not, yeah. it's a fisherman's paradise, but... Or it's even a sportsman's paradise. I mean, even the hunting, fishing, everything, but as far as just, like, a place to hang out, you know, it's not, like, going to be at the top of your list to go hang out. Yeah, but anyway, so we had, you know, his mom, his sister, my mom, my dad... Michelle's mom and dad were down. Travis's mom and dad came down. And then we had a bunch of friends and stuff down for the award ceremony, and it was dude, it was incredible. I mean, it was such a cool deal, and yeah. you know, we appreciate everything the Carter family did as far as just making it special. Like they did, they did an outstanding job making that special for you know his family, my family, just everybody in general. And it was, it was a really cool deal, man. You know, we got yeah. to take a lot of pictures and. You know stuff that stuff that you don't realize how much how much it'll mean to you in the in, in the, the future. future. But yeah. like you know that was those were memories that you know over the past I don't know couple weeks or month you know with everything that's been going on it's definitely memories that I'll you know I'll cherish for the rest of my life for sure. I mean no, it's no been doubt, incredible. Man. You, you'll definitely never forget these last last month or so. You know that's yeah it was pretty special. It was awesome. You know, and, and just to say, you know, like, something about Neil that, I like, I've never had with, you don't have with too many people. There there are some people, but, you know, there's this thing with a lot of people. There's, like, egos and different things. And f- for some reason, whenever I talked to Neil, it was like, none of that would ever get in the way. It was like, I was excited to tell him anything that happened on the boat that day. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, because yeah, no. Neil was always so genuinely excited. And, and you know, just to share a story um, about that, whenever we were, uh, so I, I got my bay, my bay boat and I just started inshore fishing um, not very long. And Joey, I'm, sh- you know, you were there, you heard this story, but I just want to share it for the listeners. Um, but I just got my bay boat and I told myself whenever I got it, I was like, you know, I'm going to catch the swordfish in this boat. I'm g- it's just going to happen, you know, like, right. cause whenever I first got down to Venice, I mean, it wasn't happening all the time, like catching swordfish and it was something we kind of all learned together. So I don't know, getting a bay boat, I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I had a friend come down. Um, I actually met him while I was traveling and he wanted to come come and fish one day and he was on spring break so he comes down and gets on the boat and you know i kind of last minute got all the swordfish stuff together to go and and uh go try and catch one and he didn't want to keep any fish at all like at all so i uh i told him man like you know i've been on the bull reds really good you know so we went out and we caught like 20 bull reds super quick and he's like, man, you know, this is the best fishing trip of my life. I mean, this kid's from California, you know. He never seen, he never seen right. like what Venice has, you know. And uh, so we we left there, and we we ran, you know, twenty miles to the south, and uh, set up. And as I was getting there, you know, there, there's boats all over the place. They were snapping really good. I mean, you and Neil were there. There was, I mean, 
all the guys I've always looked up to were there, it seemed like. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bunch of them there. But, uh, yeah, 15 minutes into the drop, and, you know, I, I, hooks, I hook a good one. I mean, I felt like it was a good one. It swam the weight up for a while and then we were all know. we were all picking on you like oh, put dude. some more drag on it so, so everybody else was catching like 60 to 100 pound fish i think maybe somebody else had like a 130 that day but like i don't know they were all i mean they seemed like they were just yanking them all up all over the place i was seeing them come up the boat and and whatever i so saw i'm fighting my fish for an hour and the 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 guys on it and he fought it for close to an hour and 45 minutes and then i got on the rod and i'm telling you we had so much drag on this fish and everybody's on the radio like come on paulie like what the hell are you doing over there man like put some heat on that fish and put some heat on that fish and so i do and so i got it at this point i'm i'm on it i'm driving and this kid's i guess taking a breather but i can tell once i got on the rod that the fish was wrapped up like i knew something wasn't right it was just dead weight and so we got the fish all the way up and uh, I remember talking on the radio, and actually you <laughs> you said this, but I was like, uh, I said they were like, uh, yeah, Paul, so you're not gonna you're you're gonna release this thing, and I was like, yeah, man, I don't you know I I, I don't want to keep this, you know, we, we, he doesn't want any of it, and I don't know what to do with any of it, and you know I was trying to think about how big this fish was, so then Joey comes on the radio and says, Paul, if you don't kill this fish after fighting it for over two hours, I'm going to think a lot differently of you. (laughs) 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 So I'm thinking about it. I'm like, all right, all right. So then I kind of had it in my head that I was going to take it. And we get him, we get him up. And sure enough, he's, he's lassoed like the, the line, I didn't see it at the time, but the line, the way it went, it went around both his pec fins and around his anal fin. It was hooked back on the other line. So the hook was hooked on the line, and it was wrapped around his fins. Right. Very strange. I never see. I mean, I've heard of stories like that, but I've never seen one like that. But anyways, the, the guy comes over, gaffs it, and the fish goes berserk. Like, this is, we don't have a dart or anything. Fish goes berserk. And, like... He and the gaff is getting bent and I, I hold on to it with him and I got the rod and we're holding on to this gaff and then the fish chills out like I don't know what it why why it did I have no idea but it just chills out for I like remember we were 10 seconds and I'm like get the tail rope get the tail rope and he gets it and puts it we on we were fighting one while you were while you had that fish next to your boat and I was like Paul if we can just get our fishing because Neil's like we're going to help him we're going to help him <laughs> and I was like Paul you know if we can get our fish to the boat, you know, I think we, I can't remember if we released that fish or the one before, but we caught one that was undersized or like right at, and we had either released that one or the one before, but Neil's like, get it done, get it done. And we killed that fish actually, because we yeah. gaffed it and threw, Neil stuck a gaff in it, threw it in the back of the boat. And he's like, go help Paul. So we go over there and it was <laughs> that picture you've got where that thing's like stretched across the whole side of your boat and we pull up and that's the scene we see you know you got a tail rope with this thing and it's the length of your boat almost <laughs> it's like holy cow <laughs> we pull up i was like golly dude that's crazy dude, that was so and of course crazy. It, i just remember so like i'll never forget like I, just because neil you both you everybody on the boat was so happy for me but neil especially but i remember didn't you say that your customers were mad because of how happy no if it was anybody else they would have been it was i'm pretty sure kevin cook was on the boat that day and he's kevin's fish with us a bunch and he's super cool guy 
<laughs> but Neil was so excited in true Neil fashion, he goes and jumps off the boat onto your boat. Yeah, he helped me pull it in. Yeah, we yeah. come pulling over there, and he's like, I'm going to get on the boat. So he jumps off the boat onto your boat to go help y'all ass <laughs> everything. It was like 99 inches lower jaw fork length. I mean, dude, that thing was big. Yeah, it was 303 giant. pounds. He was, he was yeah. big. But yeah, that was cool. And then, man, I remember he got all those pictures and. Then we, how did we, I don't even remember how we ended up doing it, but somehow we ended up bringing it home because we were worried you were going to sink because it was rough. Well, yeah, it started to pick up. We had like a north wind come out of nowhere. And yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was a little bow heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you brought it in and you were like, I got in and you were like, Paul, you got to come help us pull this damn thing off the boat. Yeah, <laughs> no, we landed that. That was, through. Neil was adamant that. You know, we're which I mean I wouldn't have done it anyways, but you know we're not taking the fish off the boat until Paul gets here. You know we're gonna let him have that moment. It's his fish. Yeah. So whenever you got back, we pulled. I really off. did appreciate that dude because like I don't know, it's pretty cool whenever you know all these faces and stuff come up to you and be like good job, man. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean you have a little moment, you know. And yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I remember we slid that thing off the bow. You were dragging it down. We were like, holy. I mean like. When they come off the boat and they hit the dock, and then you can really just see how big they yeah, are. That like, fish was pretty skinny, too. Yeah, no, it definitely was. For the I mean, length, that, it, the thing was pretty pretty skinny, for sure. Yeah, no, that fish was... It, I mean, there's no telling. If it would have had some girth, it could have been a real yeah, a real big... It was Not that it wasn't a real big one. 300 pounds, <laughs> I mean, that's the... In Venice, 300 pounds is kind that's of the, the benchmark. Mark, yeah, yeah. That's the mark. At the time, like, I mean, I couldn't imagine. I didn't, I didn't go back... <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think I went back. My dad wanted to go one day. It was like months later, but I was like, I mean, why yeah, go I already back? got the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Did it. <laughs> yeah. We've been there. Man, so is there like a, maybe a, a story or two or something you want to share? Uh, I mean, as far as trips with Neil, I mean, there's so many. Um. I do was I, good with a dart, huh? <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. The um, the <laughs> the last trip that we actually got to fish together, we didn't catch anything but a buzz. <laughs> we, he had come down for I don't even remember what it was, man. It was one of those like he had some time, and you know he always wanted to come down and hang out. He just you know was so busy with family business back home and. I, I would stay on his case about it. Like, man, look, you know, I'm obviously not the businessman he was by any stretch of the imagination. So I would kind of be like the devil on his shoulder tapping him, trying to get him to go have fun, you know. But I was very adamant on him. Like, hey, man, look, you know, don't spend all your life trying to earn a dollar. You, you know, you, you definitely need to, and there's time for that. But, you know, you got to enjoy your life too. And so he had come down here and we, you know, hung out for a while and, he, he, uh, you know, we stay, I think we end up staying with Jake over there, at the, uh, Delta Breeze. Mm -hmm. And we hung out for a few days, man. It was so much fun with that fishing trip though. So we go fishing and we literally, I mean, dude, we fished our butts off too. I'm talking buoy rod, tip rod, babe. We made sword so, fishing, you know, sword fishing, so many drops and moving around is in the same spot. You caught your big fish and nothing so the next day we're ha we're just planning on kind of hanging out we were gonna pack up that afternoon and go home and neil was like look i'm down here he's like i'm gonna go get on that boat we're gonna go have some drinks i don't care if we ride in red pass i'm going to do something 
So we getting red pass and we're like idling out of red pass, hanging out. And he was like, what you think about going to Grand Isle? And I was like, I mean, I guess. So we pack it up and we roll to Grand Isle. <laughs> Go hang out in Grand Isle for the afternoon. <laughs> and, it, and it really wasn't even, it sounds a lot cooler than it was. It wasn't really that cool. There was no bars open or like anything. <laughs> So we we basically burned a hundred gallons of gas to go look at Grand Isle, and we, to make it worth it, we picked up a pint of Captain Morgan at the uh, whatever the marina on the other. I think it's Sand Dollar Marina, and we picked up a pint of Captain Morgan, and we had Captain Morgan drinks for the ride back. That was about the gist of our trip to Grand Isle. But it was it was just cool, you know, because it was like, you know, now obviously it means more than it did then, but. It was just, you know, Neil had, had been working his tail off back home trying to get this, you know, family business thing going. Or not going, but just keeping it running. Right. And um, then, you know, he found, he got to come down and we hung out for a couple of days and got to ride on the boat. So that was cool. No, that's that that's honestly cool because, I mean, sounds like it's still a memorable trip. And to me, any trip out on the water where, you know, everybody comes back and you had a good time i mean that's a good day on the water <laughs> oh yeah no doubt no doubt about it that's cool man yeah um i guess uh i know you got another story or two you want to tell that's up man that's about it i mean i've got i've got stories for days but yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's, not, there's nothing that sticks out in my head right now. I'm sure I'll I'll get back to the camp here in a minute and be like, oh, man, I should have told that one. But, no, nah, I mean. Okay. Well, um, man, all right. So, one last question then. Um, man, like, in terms of conservation, like, this year on the lump and everything, we've been seeing, like, gosh, a lot of small fish mixed in with the big fish. I mean, is that pretty normal? Is that I mean, I think that's pretty cool seeing both sizes at the lump doing that thing. But tell us, like, you know, what you've been seeing as far as, like, the mixture of sizes and then, like, the presence of sharks and, like, what you've been seeing as far as that goes. So, there was an article done a while back. I think it was Brett Falterman did it. <clears throat> and it was um, basically talking about, you know, there being a variety of fish somewhere so like when you're talking about yellow fins and you when you're talking about a healthy population of fish you want the fish to range from as small as they can be to as big as they can be and i mean this year we've caught 27 inch tunas there we've caught i think uh zach joseph caught a 231 a couple weeks ago i mean that's, that's a i'm not one. gonna say it's as big as they get but they ain't, it ain't far from it and, shout out to zach yeah no <laughs> doubt so I mean, some people think it's a negative thing, you know, because we haven't caught as many big ones. But, I mean, there's been – I mean, we've had – There's more tunas. <laughs> there's more tunas, right. And we've had multiple days that we've released, you know, a handful or better yeah. of, you know, those smaller yellowfins. And, I mean, any day that you have – that you feel comfortable releasing tunas, yeah. you know, I feel like is a pretty good day. So, I mean... I feel like having... If if all giants were coming back to the dock again like it was last year, I mean, that would be... (laughs) Well, no. And see, that's the same. I agree. I mean, I think that it's... Do we we like having the days where we kill 
three to five big fish, yes, that's, you know, cool as far as us being guys and beating on our chest, right? Right. But the fact that you're having these smaller fish kind of fill the gap and, you know, you come back with one big one or maybe two and then, you know, you're catching these smaller fish to kind of fill that void that you feel like you're missing because you don't have, you know, multiple big ones. I think it's, you know, I think it's a good thing, you know. And like, like I said, obviously, as charter captains, as captains in general, as guys, we want to kill the biggest, baddest thing there is, right? Yeah. I mean, like... You see more and more customers not really want that, though. Like, the ones that come and do it one or two times are like, man, you know, we, we kind of just want the small ones. <laughs> right. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's been an outstanding year so far. I oh, mean, yeah, I definitely think so. Just from looking... I mean, I haven't been out offshore all that much, but just looking at the docks, it seems like we got yeah, a lot of I tuna. Mean, <laughs> I think there's a lot of fish around, and yeah, I mean, we don't have the numbers of big fish, and maybe, you know, down the road we'll look and see... You know, maybe it wasn't a good thing that there was a bunch of small ones mixed in. But, I mean, if you're judging it off of, you know, past data that's been collected, and like I said, that article is something that, you know, we have read a while back, just kind of yeah. talking about the the um, presence of multiple sizes. So, like, every right. size tuna there is shows a healthy population. If you're judging it off of that, I would say we have a healthy population. Yeah, you know? yeah. What about uh, sharks, man? Have you lost a lot of tunas to sharks this year? Um, I personally haven't lost a single tuna to a shark this really? year. Really? I've heard well, a lot of so other stories. At the lump, I haven't lost. I lost a couple to, to um to sharks offshore the last day I fished. But yeah, there there has definitely been some fish lost to sharks, but it just they don't seem to be as bad in that area for whatever reason. I mean. Um, it seems like whenever they're in, they're in, and whenever they're out, they're right. In. <laughs> and it's, I mean, like you know, when we were fishing that place back in, because we usually start fishing the lump in January time frame, you know, while we're wahoo fishing and stuff, and sometimes they're there that time of year, sometimes they're not. Um, it seems like about the second week of February is when they start showing up. So January, probably through the end of February. I mean, I couldn't tell you. There was days I probably tied 75 hooks because oh, of sharks Lord. and king mackerels and, you know, just bycatch, not catching tunas. Once it got good, I mean, you would go, you could have gone out there with 10 hooks. And really, you either got bit by a tuna or you didn't get bit. I mean, wow. it, that's strange. Yeah. Man. it's I, it, For whatever reason, it seemed like when that big flux of tunas pushed in, you know, the sharks weren't as bad. Now, obviously, they're still Maybe they're being well-fed. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But, yeah, it didn't seem like There's been a lot of Makos, huh? You caught many Makos there? Dude, so I I think we've already caught four Makos this year. We released all of them. Wow. But um, I don't know. I've, I've gotten kind of weird about that. I'm not saying I wouldn't kill a big one, but, like, I don't no, know. I mean, talk about that because, like, you know, I, I, I mean, I agree in a way just because, like, I mean, Wade Wells, one of the captains with us, the Mexican Gulf Fishing Company, he – was fighting another shark and a mako came up and ate that shark right yeah so why we want to kill the mako yeah right <laughs> no man um my buddy foad um how do he just like some of the stuff he's told me about makos just kind of my perspective has changed on him a little bit now look i'm not saying i'm too good to kill a mako an 800 pound mako swims up next to my boat and i catch it yes i'm probably gonna kill it you know i mean and I'm not saying I'll never kill another one. I'm just not as mad at him as I used to be. Yeah. But 
I don't. I just. I've got a different respect for them now. You know what I mean? Like I. Yeah. They're just such once a, you've done it. I mean. <laughs> right, and I don't want to sit here and like play that card. Like, oh man, right. been there, done that. You know, like it's more just like of a a different respect for that fish for me than anything. It's just like. Yeah. I, I, that's the apex I, predator. It's like right. killing a blue marlin. It, yeah, and I was gonna. That's a, that's the same uh, comparison I was gonna make. Was that <clears throat> it's to me kind of like killing a blue marlin. Like I would probably kill a thousand pound blue marlin or eight hundred right. pound blue marlin. You know, like because just to say I did it type of thing. Not saying yeah. that's the right thing to do. I'm just I can't say I wouldn't. Yeah. But I kind of look at them the same way. You know, it's like. They're such an incredible fish, and I—I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think there's—I think there's a lot of them, but I don't think there's as many as we think there are. You know what I mean? Like, I think—I don't think they're hurting, but like, I don't yeah. think they're as as prevalent as like a bull shark or a dusky or a hammerhead or something like yeah. that. You know? Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I just. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there hasn't been 50 to 100 caught this year. I mean, yeah, there's been a there's lot. There's been a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think I heard Brett say the other day, um, I can't, I want to say he said they saw or hooked like four or five in one day, which, I mean, that's pretty incredible. You that know? is pretty incredible. So, yeah, that's pretty nuts, man. Like, I, I don't know, like, you talk to all the, the older guys and they say how much worse the sharks have gotten over the years. And, I don't know. I just want to start touching on the sharks a little bit, cause man, it it really is weird to me how many like shark conservationists are out there, like like just shark conservationists, and like yeah, that might make sense to them, but I don't see how you can be a conservationist for one species. It doesn't really make sense. It's like right. saying bring back all the bears and wolves and like yeah, don't worry about nothing else. else. <laughs> no, and I and I will say, man, like you know, certain times a year. I can't disagree about the shark thing, man. Like, I do think that it's it's a bit ridiculous how bad the sharks are. Like, yeah. I mean, back in, was that, September, October? I know all the people that say we're, 99% of sharks are gone extinct. I mean, come to the Gulf of Mexico. That might not be the case. <laughs> no, I don't believe that for a bit. I mean, I think it's in September or October we were catching those fish out by the seven-mile rigs. And, I mean, dude, we're talking, like, you know, 150, 180 pound elephants get dirt rolled by sharks. Like you can't even, you know, you can't even lock the drag up on them and catch them. Yeah. I mean, it's like you could fish them with 800 pound wire and lock yeah. it down full of drag, and the sharks are still eating them. Dude, you remember that blue marlin that Billy Wells caught that got mauled by sharks? It was <laughs> it nothing looked, but the spine left. It looked like something out of a uh, like Road Runner, <laughs> Wally Coyote movie, like. Like it looked like a chicken looked, bone. It looked like a cartoon. It was like, you know, when they eat the chicken bone, like yeah. suck it dry. It was like a head and a tail. That was it, dude. That was pretty crazy. It was like a four or five hundred pounder too. Yeah, it was, it was a big one. No, I mean, crazy. I definitely, you know, on the shark thing, I think, well, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. That having a healthy population or a bunch or having a bunch of sharks and a bunch of tunas, I mean, it definitely means our fishery is healthy, but. I mean, we also need to talk about balance too. I right. mean, we're not kill we're killing tunas at a pretty good rate. We're not killing sharks, right? So exactly. like, there needs to be a balance there. I, I I think so because like, and I think you know I heard it on one of the other podcasts is that you know the way that they do red snapper season has a lot to do with it because they'll have 
you know, they only open the season for like two months out of the year. So you have a bunch of food and then you take it all away. And then like, it's basically making an imbalance throughout the year. Right. Versus taking it all out of the, out of the ecosystem, like gradually, I don't know if it'd make it any better, but like at the same time, you can't just say, let's not kill any sharks, but let's keep killing all the fish. It's right. kind of, to me, it sounds imbalanced is what it sounds like. Right. That's where I think we're at with the, sh- with the shark deal. But there's like, I don't know, just not long ago, they put it on Facebook. They, they found a bunch of people sharking in federal waters and got them all in trouble with it. So yeah, I saw that. they're probably going to, you know, start getting tighter on those guys too. But I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they're, maybe that's right. Maybe we shouldn't kill any of the sharks. I don't know, but I don't know. Just trying to document what we think, I guess, but right. <laughs> anyways, uh, Joey, shout out to whoever you want, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I really appreciate all the support, man. Like really all the support with the podcast and throughout being fishing down here. I really. Yeah, really no, man. I think, it. I think this is a cool, a cool deal, man. I mean, I could tell the same tired story about the Tuna Wahoo Classic 10,000 times and nobody will ever remember it, but now we've got it documented, right? So, that's right, that's right. That's yeah, right. no, it's it's a cool deal, man. I think you're doing an awesome job on this and, you know, doing an awesome job fishing down here in general, so awesome, hopefully dude. we keep this thing going for a long time. That's the plan, dude. I want to keep it going. That My plan with this podcast is to keep it rolling for as long as I'm fishing, which means long time right the rest of my life so <laughs> why stop cool. right it's fun so all right guys uh appreciate everybody tuning in to tuna town talks and uh catch up with you guys next time thanks for listening everybody please give us a follow on facebook or instagram at tuna town talks also if you'd like to book a charter with me you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com that's mexican gulf website where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open dates. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water.